Good morning. How's everybody doing? I almost forgot to uh, come up on the stage this morning. I was looking at that good-looking kid running across the screen. <laughs> he didn't get that from me. <laughs> if he did, he took all I had. So anyway, uh, man, it's so good to be with you this morning. It's so good to be with you online today. We are so excited that you are here in church this morning. God bless you for coming. My name is Andy Stovall. I am the Congregational Life Pastor here at The Bridge in Princeton. And um, Pastor Jim is away with his family this morning. And so I'm here with you to celebrate and love on and honor Jesus. Amen. Can we do that in the house this morning? Amen. Amen. I came in today and somebody said, well, he must be speaking because he's dressed up. A husband said that to his wife. And his wife looked closer and she said, he's not dressed up. He's just wearing a Georgia Bulldog shirt. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but thanks, Carrie. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> no, we are in our second week of a series called Running Scared. And uh, man, what a great series. Amen. Um, I, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. We've run from something God has called us to do. And this week, we're going to be talking about the fear of failure. The fear of failure. Hunter talked about it in the video. He said, I know what God has called me to do, but what if I fail? What if I don't do it well? What if I mess up? What if people laugh at me? What if, what if, what if? How many of you have talked yourself out of doing something you knew where you, you were supposed to do by saying what if, what if, what if? A few honest people in the room. We've all done it, haven't we? At some time or another, we've all done that in our life. The reality is we risk failure every day. We risk failure when we change jobs. Get married, start a new school, let people get close to us in our life. I remember thinking the huge risk of failure when we had kids and I was like, help me not ruin them, okay? Help me do this effectively. I don't have a clue, God, what I'm doing. But risk is built into striving for success. The only way that we can guarantee that we will not fail is if we never try. And that's no way to live, is it? God doesn't want you, if you're watching at our online location today, God doesn't want us to risk never failing or, or, or to not risk never failing by just doing nothing. So as we begin our time together today, and I always catch up with this after I have started talking to you guys. If you have your phones with you, you can follow along in your notes at, uh, the, uh, on our Bridge NC app. Just look under notes, Bridge Princeton, you'll find them there. Here's a fact. No matter how successful you are, we're all scared to death of failing at something. When God called me to do this, scared me to death. 
And I've stood on a platform like this before and blew it <laughs> because I let fear get in the way. Maybe at your job, maybe something that you've dreamed about doing, you've been scared to death, but you did it anyway. And I look all around this room and see how God has used you and the successes that you've had because you were willing to step out and trust him with something in your life. We all have many dreams, but they'll never be realized unless we learn to deal with the fear that comes from questioning what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? Unresolved fear will paralyze you and it will keep you from doing what God has called you to do. And this isn't a new thing. Jesus talks about it throughout scripture, but one of the accounts that he gives us is the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. I'm not gonna go to that passage, but I do wanna reference it. There were three men, right? The boss man left and he gave three bags of gold. He gave one five, one three, and one one, right? He said, I'm leaving. I'm gonna entrust you with this. So what happened? The first and second did what? They took some risk, right? And what they ended up doing was turning five into 10, three into six, and then the last one, he says, you know what? I know my boss, I know this man is hard and he is, he is tough and I don't want to lose a nickel of his. So I'm going to dig a hole and I'm going to bury it. Nothing ventured, nothing lost. The problem was the boss came back. And when the boss came back, this is what he said in Matthew chapter 25, verse 25. Uh, the servant that he gave it to or the employee said, so I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You wicked, lazy servant. And what did he do with his bag of gold? Some would hear that story and say, man, that, that just wasn't right. It wasn't fair. But he said, you know what? The one that's got the most, take that bag right there and give it to him. And he had some really harsh things to say about that servant. Very harsh. He said, get him out of my sight. Now, there are a lot of things that we can draw from that account. But one of the things that we can draw from that is that that's how God feels when we don't trust him, when we don't risk, when we don't take the chance because really it isn't a chance with God. It's just faith. It's just saying, Lord, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do this thing. And I know that you're here with me because I serve the God of the impossible. I know you can do anything in my life. So in the brief time we have left together, and I did say brief, brother, we're going to talk about six ways to overcome the fear of failure. Some of you may be thinking as I begin this message, why I'm wearing a Georgia Bulldog shirt today. Some of you, I was about to be ugly. I better not do. Some of you Alabama fans. Well, I am talking about failure today. And so what do we do when we get beat? We get up off the ground, we dust our knees off and we keep on going, don't we? 
So let's look at six ways to overcome the fear of failure. First of all, remember, everyone fails. Will you say that with me? Everyone fails, right? The starting point to overcome the fear of failure is realize it's no big deal. Everybody fails. The failure rate is 100%. Everybody that's ever tried anything has failed. My grandfather used to say to me, boy, because I said I'd get discouraged because I, I tried something and it didn't work out. I saw him do something and I wanted to be just like my granddaddy or just like my dad. And I couldn't do it as well as they could. And they said, son, don't worry about it. The man that ever, had never made a mistake has never done nothing, okay? So you got to try. You got to make an effort. James chapter 3 verse 2 says we all stumble in many ways. Do you know anybody this verse may describe? We all stumble, don't we? In many ways. Ever remember stumbling in public? Remember as a, as, a, as a kid, as a young person, you stumble. I mean, I've watched people fall upstairs. I didn't even know you could do such a thing, but you just trip and fall. When you're young and you stumble in public, you, you fall down and you get up and you hope nobody saw you and you just keep on walking like I meant to do that. That's just part of the thing. As we get older, when we fall in public, we pray somebody saw us. <laughs> somebody help me get up. I don't have the thing to push. I have fallen and I need your help to get up, right? We, uh, that's, that's what comes with getting older. And the universal reaction when someone does fall down is what? What do we do? When we, some, when we see someone and they're running and they fall and we know that's not on purpose, what do we do? Oh, my goodness. We feel sympathy. Maybe we are embarrassed for them or whatever because we know what that feels like. We can all identify with falling down when we didn't mean to. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now that speaks to a lot of things too. It speaks to our state. We're born into sin. We're born separated by sin from God. But it also indicates that God does not intend for us to, to live in sinless perfection. It says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, Romans 6.23, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In Him we find our peace. In Him we find our rest. In Him we find the way to get past the fear of failure. Baseball superstars. What's a good batting average in the National League or the American League? 340. 340 is a good batting average. Do you know how many times you get up to bat? To bat 340. Say a guy gets up to bat a thousand times. You know how many times he hits the ball? 340 ish <laughs> now if we look at that and say man I got up to bat I got up to bat a thousand times and I got out 700 times if we're looking at it through the lenses of how many times we got out that's horrible right 
But in baseball, you're going to the all-star game. That's good. That's a good average. National League uh, uh, basketball stars, the NBA, they miss 50% of their shots. Failure is universal. Everybody fails. Second thing I want you to see is we realize that failure is not fatal. It isn't the end of the world. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for even though the righteous fall seven times, they what? They rise again. You fall and you fall and you fall. And what do we do when we fall down? We get back up. History is full of failures who kept going. It's not the end of the world. Did you know that Washington lost two-thirds of the battles in the American Revolution? Napoleon graduated 42nd out of 43 in his class. I can relate to Napoleon. And he went out to conquer Europe. Babe Ruth hit all of those home runs, 714 home runs Babe Ruth hit. But you know what his strikeout record was? 1,330. Oh, yeah. The strikeouts take it. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We don't give up. The fact is we learn from our failures. It's the way to success. How did we learn to walk? You get up and you fall down. You get up and you fall down. Some of our kids never even crawled. They just went straight from sitting to I'm going, you know. You remember all the prayers we prayed when our kids were not even crawling? God, please let them crawl. God, please let them walk. We learn to be careful what we pray for, right? Because they start doing that stuff. I want to talk to you about somebody at age seven. This person's family lost their home. He had to work to support the family. At age nine, his mother died. At age 22, he lost his job as a store clerk, applied to law school and was rejected. At age 23, he went into debt to enter into a venture with a partner to start a small business, a small store. His partner died three years into the endeavor. At age 28, after a four-year romance, he proposed to his sweetheart, who after four years said, no, sorry. At age 37, on the third try, he was finally elected to Congress. At age 39, he failed to be reelected and had a nervous breakdown. At age 41, his four-year-old son died. At 42, he ran for land officer and lost. At 45, he ran for the Senate and lost. 47, ran for vice presidency and lost. At 49, he ran for the Senate again. Do you see a pattern here? And he lost. But at age 51, he ran for president. And Abraham Lincoln was elected one of the greatest presidents we ever had. One failure after another failure after another failure. But what did he not do? He didn't quit. He didn't give up. Failure is not the worst thing that can happen. 
So don't blow it out of proportion. If you get a no today, keep going, keep working, dig in, get up, dust off your knees and keep moving forward. Number three, you gotta recognize the benefits, the benefits of failure. I know you're thinking, what? Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He works together good. What are the benefits of failure? There are four that I want to mention to you today. The first one is it educates us. Our folks have told us in times past, hey, son, it's human to make mistakes, so make them. It just proves you're alive. Thomas Edison said, after 10,000 failures, I don't call it a failure. I call it education. I messed up. And now I know 10,000 things that don't work, right? When I sit down with people who are a little further down the road than I am, who have gone a little further in this journey of life than I have, I don't want them to tell me all the things they succeeded at. I want to sit down with them and say, hey, tell me all the things you messed up at. Tell me where you had your failures. Tell me where you stumbled. Tell me what didn't work so I can avoid those things myself. There are some things that are only learned through trial and error, but I did not say everything is that way, young people in the room. There are some things mom and dad say, aunt and uncle say, grandmom and granddaddy say, influencers in your life say, hey, why not, let's not do that. And you don't have to learn the hard way. Amen? But some things are trial and error. Secondly, the other benefit of failure is it develops our skills how'd you learn to ride a bike how'd you learn to ride a skateboard how'd you learn to do all that stuff if you know how to ride a bike or you know how to swim how did you do it some of you that learn how to swim uh, another influencer or mentor in your life stood at the edge of the boat and just threw you in right and said we're going to trust the buoyancy of your body and maybe you'll come back up but in learning to ride a bike and in learning to do all those things, what did we do? We fell down over and over and over again. The cruelty in my childhood was that I grew up on a dirt road. So I learned to ride a bike on gravel. I also learned how to pick gravel out of my knee because I fell down quite a bit. But it develops our skills when we learn how to do that. The third thing it does, it helps us discover our true talents. Have you ever heard of someone that failed at something and then they tried something new and found success? You know, you go out and you say, man, I want to do this or I want to do that with my life. And then they begin doing it and realize, mm, I'm not real good at that. I, my dad was a, an engineer. My dad was good at math. I'm not. <laughs> when I started my college career, I wanted to do what my dad did. I want to be an engineer. And I took calculus. And there are some weirdos in this room that calculus makes sense to. If you're watching online, it doesn't make sense to me. 
So I had to change majors. I realized once I, I, I got into that, that that wasn't my talent. It wasn't my gift. How about the guy who decided after failing in real estate that he would try something real wacky and open up a thing called McDonald's? Or maybe um, the fellow who failed at a lot of different things in his life and at age 70 said, you know what, I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do because I've always enjoyed cooking chicken this way and I'm going to begin cooking chicken with a pressure cooker. And right off, if you've ever read the story of Colonel Sanders, it's amazing. You need to read it. Rode around, started in little convenience stores and selling it out of his car and became a huge success. Ever thought when uh, you failed at something, maybe God's trying to get your attention? Maybe God's trying to say, hey, quit wasting your talent on this particular thing here and let's go after that over there. And then the last benefit of it is it makes us less judgmental, doesn't it? If you've ever failed at anything, anybody in the room, let me say it this way, anybody in the room ever needed some grace? Needed some mercy? needed some forgiveness, blew it and said, hey, I'm so sorry I blew it. I apologize for that. And then somebody blew it in your situation and you were able to look at them and say, you know what? It's all right. Because I've been given grace. I can extend it to you. It makes us more sympathetic when we go through that. Number four, the next thing that we need to do is redefine failure. Failure is not when you, you mess up or you blow it. Failure is not making the effort. If we know that God has called us to do something, if we know that it's something he wants us to do and we just don't even make the effort, that's the failure. It's not a matter of not reaching your goal. It's a matter of not setting a goal. It's not a matter of not having a dream in, or, or, or of having a dream and missing it. It's failure of dreaming at all. Failure is not having any plans or desire to accomplish anything. What are your plans? What is the desire that God has put in your heart? Ecclesiastes 3.12 says, I realize that all we can do is be happy and do the best we can while we're alive with God's help and with his strength and by his grace. And I understand that that happiness, that joy, it isn't even something that's produced by me. That comes from my satisfaction in who God is, my knowing that he loves me and that he's here for me. I would much rather attempt something great and fail than attempt nothing and succeed. Can I say that again? I would much rather attempt something great and fail than attempt nothing and succeed. Set big goals for your life. You may not reach them, but that's not the point. We'll die trying, right? We're just going to keep going. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep pressing in. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Mm. It doesn't say I came in first. 
Because there's only one first, right? What matters is, did you finish? Did you do your best? And who got the glory? Did you finish the race? Did you do your best? And who got the glory? Number five, we got to resist comparisons. Now, there's a story I used to tell about comparing. My son is home from college this weekend. So good to have you with us, Drew. Drew and Hunter grew up with two sisters. So early in their life, there was a lot of vying for attention. And there's a story about comparison that I've told in the past that has to do with bikinis and such. I'm not going to tell that story today. You're welcome, Drew. <laughs> the root of a lot of fear in America is comparison. We live in a competitive society, don't we? Sometimes to the extreme. On a little league baseball field, who's the most competitive? The ball players or the parents? We even compete in the way our kids dress and how smart they are and what classes they get into, even what colleges they may be accepted to. Galatians 6.4 says, Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Test your own actions. Take pride and don't compare yourself to someone else there's always somebody that's going to have the bigger the better the nicer the newer you're going to get the iphone 12 you're going to have the baddest telephone on the planet it's going to do everything it's going to crank your car it's going to make the bed it's going to do everything your heart desires and in six months, somebody's going to have a better one than you because they're going to come out with a new version. Look, I gave up my iPhone 6 kicking and screaming because there was nothing wrong with it. My children just shamed me into getting a newer phone. <laughs> they said, Dad, we're not going to go out to eat with you if you keep carrying that dinosaur around, okay? <laughs> and then lastly, we replace our fears with faith in Jesus. Philippians 4.13 says, in the good news version, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ has given me. The NIV says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? We have the strength to face all conditions by the power given by Christ alone. Here's the reality, guys, and I'm closing. If you don't depend on Jesus, you're gonna depend on something. If it's not Christ, you'll use something phony. You'll use a, a, a substitute that will fail you. Maybe it's a status, maybe it's addiction of some kind. It's something just to make you feel good about yourself when all you really need is a personal relationship with Jesus to overcome your fear.
The history of man's progress parallels with his ability to overcome his fears. I mean, think about the first people who took flight. You know, the first submarine. The first trip to space. Somebody had to overcome fear in order to do that. Here's what I don't want. I don't want you to get to the end of your life and God show you what you could have accomplished in life if you had just trusted him a little bit more. The reality is God can reprogram your thinking with faith in him rather than fear of failure. Romans 12, 2 teaches us that. But the problem is for many of us, instead of being having a God-driven success seeking mentality we are fear-driven failure avoiders maury wills who was an infielder for the los angeles dodgers um, played in the late 50s through the mid 60s and i know it's hard for me to say the los angeles dodgers because atlanta is getting beaten by them right now but he was interviewed, and uh, one of his great successes as an infielder was not really his defense, but it was his offense. He was an excellent base stealer. And he actually broke Ty Cobb's record in a single season stealing bases. Ty Cobb was right around a little over 900 and, or 90 something and 900. That would have been amazing. 90-something, and, and he stole over 100 bases in a year. And they asked him, they said, what makes you so good at doing that? Because the other thing he was really good at was when he would take that second step off the base, he was already almost at full speed. He just was a fast sprinter. And he said, well, once I commit to steal, I go for it. I might get picked off once in a while, but hey, that's the way you steal a base. Every now and then you get thrown out. But you never get to the bag and get called safe unless you try. What are we afraid of failing at? Job interview? Keeping the job we have? Our marriage? Getting married? Parenting? Maybe failing spiritually. What is it in our life that we're afraid of? Remember, failure isn't failing to reach the goal. It's not starting out at all. What is it God's calling you to do? What is that thing that fear has been getting in the way of and it's paralyzed you for years? It's time to take a step of faith. This journey that we're on with Jesus is all about a call to something, a call to action, a call to make a decision. And so I'm going to risk something today. I'm always hesitant when I feel led to do something like I'm about to do, but I really feel like I'm supposed to do it. If you're watching with our online location and you're in your living room or wherever you may be watching, 
or you're here in person today, I want you to risk something this morning. I want you to risk making a stand, taking a stand and saying, Jesus, I choose faith over fear. I'm not gonna let it paralyze me anymore. Right here, right now, where we're seated in our homes and in this worship auditorium, if you say, if you say to Jesus and the enemy, I'm not gonna let fear get in the way anymore. I choose faith. I'm standing for what I know God has called me to do. Maybe I'm standing by faith against something I'm battling physically in my own body. And maybe it's a fear of what that will look like and what that journey is gonna be like. Or maybe it could be some of those many things that I mentioned here this morning. But if that's you today, if that's you, would you stand right now where you are and say, today I choose faith over fear. I will not let fear stand in the way of what God has for me and my family and my life and my journey with him. I choose Jesus and in him I have all the strength and all the hope and all the courage to do anything he's called me to do. Amen and amen. Can we give him glory today as we choose him over everything else? Hallelujah, Jesus. People standing all over this worship auditorium, God. People standing in their living rooms right now. Over 4,000 people watch every single weekend online. And I can just see in my mind's eye all of those people that are standing and saying, we choose faith. We're going to step out. We're going to trust. We're going to believe because we realize that failure isn't trying something and maybe not reaching that goal. It's not ever trying at all. So God, we're going to step out. We're going to invite that friend to church. We're going to tell that neighbor about you and your love. We're going to talk to that family member at Thanksgiving or Christmas about the greatest gift they could ever receive. And we're not going to worry about whether they reject us or not or call us a name because we believe the greatest story that's ever been told is the one of the love of Jesus Christ in our life. We're going to stand and we're going to step out by faith. But we're not doing it on our own. It's in you, Lord Jesus. All things are possible in you, Lord Jesus. So if there are any that are here today, any that are with our online location that are in earshot of my voice, and they could say, I've never made a decision to follow Christ. I've never said yes to him. Today is your day. Your first step of faith is trusting 
Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. Will you say yes to him? Will you acknowledge what the Bible teaches us? I shared it just a few moments ago. The truth that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death. It is eternal separation from God. It is hell, a devil's hell, and it is a very real place. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Son, God's Son. And then the truth that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you take that step today? Will you say this morning, yes, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna trust him with my life. I'm gonna trust him with my heart. That's that first step. It's the key to overcoming fear. It's the key to overcoming the crippling, paralyzing effects of fear and what it has on our life. And maybe you're here today and you know you've gotten away from God. You're not where you know you need to be. You're a believer. You're a child of God, but you're far from him. And today you say, God, I'm coming back. I've been trying to do this on my own, with my own strength. And I'm tired. I can't do it anymore and I need you. Whether that's you coming to him for the first time or you coming back to him. Don't tarry, don't wait. Don't let the enemy cause you to second guess or question and don't let fear stand in the way of what God wants to do in your life because the word teaches us that he has not given us a spirit of fear but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So God, with boldness we stand and with boldness we receive you. God, thank you for the work that you have accomplished in this place today and thank you for what you're going to continue to do because of this decision that we've made and the impact that it's going to make on the world we live in, on the communities we are in and, and working and moving about and living in day in and day out. God, I want to hear the amazing stories of what has happened in the lives of folks when we chose faith over fear. Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God glory for what he's done in this place?